What's up, Duke fans, and welcome back to the Duke Blue Central podcast. It is a great day today. Duke basketball has officially returned for the 2023-2024 season. I'm coming at you live uh, right after uh, Duke's exhibition against UNC Pembroke. Uh, It is Wednesday, November 1st. Just the first day of November, Duke basketball returned to action tonight in an exhibition against uh, UNC Pembroke. It was a great day for Duke basketball, and uh, just coming at you, kind of get some uh, some live thoughts and reactions uh, right post-game after tonight. Um, so first thing I want to do is kind of read some of the box score. I, I don't have a, uh, a full-out box score yet. I'm not sure if the full one's been posted, but just some, some leaders on the team for tonight. Flip finished... As our leading scorer, he had 17.6 rebounds. Proctor right after him, 15 points and 5 rebounds, 12 of which came in the first opening 5 minutes of the game. McCain finished with a solid 15 points. Roach finished with 13. Stewart finished with 12. Sean Stewart finished with 12 points and 6 rebounds. And Mark Mitchell finished with 11 points. Now, uh, if you were watching this game at all, starting lineups, uh, John Shire pulled out the three-guard lineup early in the year. I had predicted earlier that I thought the starting lineup was going to include Ryan Young in the beginning of the year, just as it did last year. Uh, But no. John Shire decided to roll out Jared McCain into the starting lineup uh, from the very first game of the year. I expect that this is the same starting lineup we're going to see against Dartmouth on Monday night. And uh, it worked worked like a thing of beauty. Uh, the three-guard lineup situation seems like it's going to really work out for Duke this year. And I think Jared McCain in particular really proved why he deserves that starting spot uh, in this game. But we'll get to him in a minute. But but this game started just in an absolute flurry from Tyrese Proctor, uh, hitting five threes, I think, in the span of about five to seven minutes, maybe less than that. I, I think he hit four in the first four minutes. Uh, just a flurry from the three-point line from him. It, it's exactly the kind of play we need from Proctor. I, I think if you were looking at Proctor going into this game, there's just been so much expectation put on him. You know, he's he's going on All-American preseason list. He's getting honestly more hype from the uh, the kind of deep college basketball journalist guys are, are kind of pegging him as a potential you know best guard best point guard in the country in all of college basketball this year uh, so if there's one thing I was looking for from him is just that you know what what's he going to look like just coming out of the gates even though this is an exhibition this is your first time on TV in front of a lot of fans at Cameron what's he going to come out like and uh, he answered the call in tenfold I think uh, the the level of shooting that he had tonight is exactly the type of improvement that you see from freshman to sophomore year and that everybody expected him to take. Now, it's just one game. Uh, you never know what's going to happen over the course of a whole season. Um, but, man, this is exactly what you wanted to see from him tonight. He just looked unguardable out there. The shot looked pure. It looked like it was going in every time. The, it was shot selection was there. Didn't feel like he took one out of turn or out of rhythm. Didn't force anything up. Um, but just he was – Total control in, in the first little bit of this game and throughout the whole game. But, uh, man, those first few minutes were just an incredible start to the year for Duke basketball and, and exactly what you need to see from Tyrese Proctor. Another note I took on him was he is definitely maintaining his role as the primary ball handler on this team. Uh, I, you know, last year, Duke fans will remember, Jeremy Roach started the year as the primary on-ball ball handler. They might have split that role 50-50, somewhat like that. 
But uh, Roach went down with a toe injury last year that really bothered him throughout the whole course of the year. But um, from then on, Proctor really took over that uh, that role as the primary ball handler, and it does not look back since. He was for sure every time he was out there on the court. The guy the, the guy the other guys were looking to pass the ball to in the half court and even in transition, it, it's clear to me uh, Proctor's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands most for this team. Uh, he's getting the ball 90% of the time. I, I think he the more he touches it in a possession, the more good things that happen. Uh, so it is no concern of mine that Roach or one of these freshmen are, are going to come in and uh, be too ball dominant with him out there. Uh, it seems clear to me the coaching staff has uh, handed the keys over to Proctor, the keys to this offense to Proctor to initiate everything, and, and man, does he does a great job at it. He had a couple really nice pick and rolls there. There was a, uh, a super nice Proctor to Filipowski pick and roll there that I'm sure will be uh, playing on repeat throughout this season as the starters get more playing time. Um, we're going to be seeing that a lot this year. Uh, with flip setting screens and Proctor dishing them, uh, just a, just about as good as game as you could imagine for Tyrese Proctor. And uh, boy, if he shoots like this, uh, he might be in the running for ACC Player of the Year or even National Player of the Year. Uh, but I know, <laughs> I think he finished five for seven. Uh, that's a lot to ask <laughs> to do that every game. But uh, yeah, let me run down the rest of this uh, box score, some rest of the thoughts. I just want to say, too, I, I plan to kind of think about some lineup combinations and and speak to kind of the weakness and strengths of different lineups. But we just threw out so many different lineups in this game. It's just hard to keep track of them at all. And, and almost kind of pointless, I feel, to break down the ones that worked or didn't. I mean, the game was out of hand super early. Uh, you could definitely say the weakest lineup is the one that we had there at the end, but that's all as expected. So I'm going to kind of take a player approach to this um, instead. But I want to start off kind of talking about the defense. Um, the, the defense is something a lot of people had questions about this year. You know, we don't have a huge shot blocker uh, down at the five position like we have for the past couple years. We've been spoiled with Lively and Mark Williams uh, from last year and then two years ago. Uh, it, it's just we, we flip is going to be fine defensively at the five I feel but it, he is not going to be a type of shot blocker that those guys are and that's that's no disrespect to him you're looking at two of the more elite shot blockers we've seen in college basketball in the past few years uh, so I, I kind of was wondering what this defense was going to look like uh, or are we just going to be totally sold out on offense to just score more points than the other team uh, but the defense was interesting, way, way different than previous years. Uh, if you're a uh, just a Duke fan who just watches the game and kind of doesn't do a lot of research on the team, you, you might be a little shocked and not in awe, but uh, definitely have some, maybe not questions, but uh, maybe some thoughts on how this team is going to play defense this year. It just looks way different. It's not what we've had for the past few years where everybody's just playing man the whole time, and you get some switching between the guards and forwards, but we've got that five sitting back there in the lane at all times like we did with Lively. This team defensively is all about switching and uh, and pushing and pressuring the ball. Uh, the pressure on the ball tonight, even when we're playing in an exhibition, was just, uh, was just insane how much pressure they were putting on the ball. Double teams everywhere, switching everywhere. Flip was out there on the perimeter a ton. Uh, the biggest emphasis for this defense seems to be to not even let the ball get into the lane. I think, you know, they as a coaching staff know that 
because we don't have that great eraser of a shot blocker down at the five guarding the paint, uh, a big emphasis for us needs to be uh, keeping the ball out of the paint as much as possible because we feel great about our perimeter defense, even with the big guys getting out there, including Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski, and Sean Stewart. Those guys are great defenders on the perimeter. So uh, let's play to that as our strength. Um, instead of relying on a big shot blocker down at the rim. So that seems to be a huge point of emphasis for this defense, and I, I think that's the right strategy to employ here. I, I love all the switching. I love that basically in, among the starters, all basically except Jared McCain, you can almost throw those guys up guarding anyone on opposing teams, especially if you're playing a smaller team. Uh, we just have the potential to switch probably like no other team in college basketball this year especially when you've got a guy like flip who's you know seven foot seven foot one who has no issue uh getting out to the perimeter and guarding some of these point guards but the defense was i thought it was great i thought uh it was better than i expected this unc pembroke team is an interesting squad i think it said they were ranked eighth or, or preseason ranked eight in all of division two this year so this is not a this is not a horrible division two team you know this is one of the top echelon division two teams not saying that you know they're on the division one level but this is a this is not just a nobody school altogether coming in uh, and they kind of hang their hat on defense and rebounding and things like that but um but it was just it, it was going to be fascinating to watch how we play defense against them tonight and I was impressed by the level of ball pressure it just felt like every pass Pembroke had to make uh, the Duke guards we're just making their life as tough as possible out there, especially when you've got guys like Blakes and Mark Mitchell out there that just feel like they would be – I tweeted this out during the game that they would feel like the most unfun players to play against, just big, strong, long guys that just don't let you get away with anything on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they are just hounds, and you could say the same thing about Proctor and some of the other guys on this team, um, but – I think defensively, this squad is uh, is going to revolve around switching, not letting the ball get into the paint, and intense, intense ball pressure. And I think they did a great job of that tonight. I uh, kind of want to break down Jared McCain's performance, too. As I said earlier, to me, he proved why he got this starting spot on the team. Uh, and here's the interesting thing about McCain. And I don't want to take too much credit here, but I did say this leading up to uh, the season and my player kind of player breakdown of him is that everyone talks about the shooting with McCain. You know, he wins the McDonald's All-American three-point shooting contest, and, and, you know, every all of his highlights seem to be about his shooting. So that's what everybody is thinking when he comes into the year. Um, but I said earlier, he does so many things other than that right. It, it, it's, it's a crime to him to just label him a three-point specialist uh, like some of the other members of the Duke team or even of the Duke's past team. He's not just that. The three-point shot and his shooting form in general is just an element of what makes his game so good. And I think he proved that tonight. I, I might be corrected on this, but I don't think he made a three the entire game, and he ends up being, what, the fourth highest scorer, I think? Now, third highest scorer, 15 points. You know, Ty Proctor out there uh, for second place. But uh, it's just... He ends up with 15 points and doesn't make a three all game. That should show you alone, even on just the offensive side of the ball, what he can do without his three-point shot. If he hits two threes in this game, you know we're, we're talking about him being the second-highest scorer on the team and expectations for him are, are just getting even higher, but I think they already are. 
Uh, just a ton of smart decisions from him. Does not play like a freshman at all. He had that one really good uh, possession where he got the ball right under the basket and, and had the know-how and knowledge to kick it back out to Proctor for an open three instead of forcing the issue under the basket, which I think a lot of freshmen in that position uh, tend to do kind of get the ball and get a little headstrong but he is always looking up always ready to pass ready to make the right decision I thought he did a fine job on defense too you know he doesn't jump off the page defensively but he had a couple nifty steals there uh, I, I thought we're good a quick guy and uh, for this team's style he just fits it like a glove fast shooting transitional it just he he proved to me why uh, he deserves to be in that spark starting spot from day one and I look forward to seeing everything that he does but but, but once again the biggest takeaway for me uh, for for Jared this game is that don't miss how he can impact a game without without his three-point shot Everyone talks about his shooting. I know he's a great shooter, but this kid does so much more than just shoot the three effectively. Uh, don't miss out on what he's doing off ball with the ball in his hands, passing, driving. Uh, he's perfect from the line tonight. Just don't miss out on him. Uh, and the other freshman guard, Caleb Foster. I want to warn people to just be patient with Caleb Foster. I think he looked a little jumpy at first, but settled into the game, into the game nicely. And I think late in the game you kind of saw what he is as a player you know tough shot maker really good driver of the basketball guy who is a good passer looking for the open guy on the perimeter uh, you know we could even see that in some of the uh the screw the practices and stuff like that but but you saw who he was late in the game floaters mid-range shots yeah i love that floater shot down the lane and I'll tell you, his shot <laughs> looks very strange. It looks like a uh, – it's kind of a one-handed push shot. Even when he – he made a three late in the game, which is a great sign for, for him to be making outside shots. But it almost looks like a floater every time he shoots the ball. <laughs> but, hey, you can't argue with the results. The guy's making shots. He's making shots. And, and I think late in the game – when he was kind of running that second unit, you, you saw what he's going to be as a player. But but we can be patient with him. Uh, and the beauty of this team is just that there are so many other guys that can cover for you if you're having a bad night. You, you know, you look up it, it, towards the end of the first half, you know, Flip, I, I think, only had three points. And you look up and Duke is still dominating the game because Proctor's exploded. McCain's exploded. There are just so many guys on this team that, you know, if, if one guy – has a bad night or let's say Proctor's not shooting the ball well I just feel like there are so many directions and styles that this team can play that it, it's not going to be a huge deal I, I, a lot of teams even top 10 top 25 good teams you look at in college basketball these days go look at the preseason top 25 you know if Purdue loses Zach Eady that team drastically drops. I mean, let's say Zach Eady goes down with an injury and is out for a few weeks. That team's ceiling is just massively cut off. And, you know, not wishing an injury on everybody, but this even applies to bad shooting days or, or just bad days playing. This Duke team, it, removing one player, even if it's a star player, you obviously are going to miss them. You know, it, it Proctor or Flip goes down, has to miss some time. You know, other teams are going to view that as a, as an opportunity to beat Duke. But there are just so many other guys on the team that 
you don't necessarily have to worry as much about uh, what if Flip doesn't have it tonight. It, there are so many other guys that can cover for him. That's one of the more exciting things about this team it, it is just that, that possibility. Because when you're in March, one game sends you home. When you're in the tournament and competing for national championships or even ACC championships, one game sends you home. So, you know, let's say, again, to not to brag on Purdue, let's use them as an example. They're in a tournament game, and Zach Eady picks up two quick fouls in the first two minutes of a, of a March Madness game. Uh, you're really, you know, that's a very stressful situation to be in as, a, as that team because you're one guy, it, it goes down, you could be, you could be, you could be home it, it, just because of that, just because of foul trouble and things like that. And and that's exciting about this Duke team is that you obviously have guys you'd rather have than not, but there are so many guys that can step up and make shots and play defense that I don't think that's going to be as much as a problem for us as it will be for some of the other teams in the top ten of this year. Next guy I want to talk about is Sean Stewart, and I think um of the freshmen he kind of looks plays maybe the most like a freshman not physically and athletically he looks anything but it um but again I'm gonna preach patience with Sean Stewart he had moments where he absolutely shined in this game and his uh, bounce and his push off and his post moves yeah, there are some times where you watch him and you think this guy could move into the starting roster and then there are other times you look at him and he makes some bad decision or he, he fouls a lot and things like that and He's got some notes, but just be patient with Sean. I think, you know, by beginning of next year, by January, February, we're really going to see what kind of player he becomes. I think, but the, the thing on him is that you can't teach the kind of athleticism that he has. Uh, he's got that bounce. He's got that Zion-esque bounce that, and, uh, and physicality and strength that you just can't teach. Uh, so the more technique... And the more game experience this guy gets, the better he's going to be. I'm super pumped uh, to see how he goes. And he, you know, he ends up being one of the leading scorers for tonight. Now, part of that is a symptom of just playing time. At the end, you know, the last 12 minutes of the game, we're rolling out, you know, some of the bench guys. and But Caleb Foster and Sean Stewart were the guys kind of uh, holding it down out there. So they got some time and some points uh, late game that they might not have got in a regular game. Uh, but, but yeah, I thought Sean looked good. I thought it was interesting. The, the bench rotation, uh, Sean didn't come in until after power and Blake's came in, uh, which is interesting. I think most people would have had Sean Stewart over TJ power and over Blake's too, depending on how you look at it and the situational substitutions, obviously Blake's is a guard and Stewart's coming in for the big guys typically. Um, but he did get a ton of burn, ton of playing time there at the end, uh, so I, I was excited to see that. They're kind of in the beginning of the first half. I was worried he wasn't going to get enough time. Uh, I'm worried kind of what the rotation was going to look like with him, and that is something we're going to see more during the season uh, when we get into actual play. Exhibitions are great kind of to, to look at for the first half, things to see how the subs are going to be, but the second half you're getting a lot of new guys and bench guys in there, so we'll see uh, – Come Monday with Dartmouth, depending, you know, that game could be a blowout too. But um, we'll see kind of what his minutes per game breakdown might be 
at least in the beginning of this year. But but let's be patient with Sean too. He had moments here where he looked awesome. He had a he he had a couple good mid range jumpers. That's something I think not a lot of people expected him to have at this point, but is a nice addition. Uh, you know, if he can just have the threat of making that little mid-range jumper before he gets into the post, it'll help his game out a lot just because defenders will be forced to kind of jump and uh, try to guard that, and he can get to the basket as, as quick as anybody on this team. So I was excited to him. Huge alley-oop in the beginning. What a way to uh, to start the game for him, uh, catching a great lob from Caleb Foster and, and one of the probably uh, highlights Duke will post from this game. Uh, and quickly, Flip looked great. I, I I think it felt like Flip didn't even have to try out there to score. Uh, there were times in the first half where you watch him, and it's like it even looks like he's kind of just messing around out there. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. Still looks like he's – there was no reason for him to really push himself tonight too much. Looks like he's working back up, but but he looked great. I mean, you look up, and he ends the night as the leading scorer. He made a three tonight, and it looked good. Uh, took it with confidence, but wasn't taking them as much as he was in, in countdown, which I thought was good. Um, I, I don't think he's a player that should rely too much on his three. I think that's something that if he's left open, but he's better down there in the paint in the post, and it, that was apparent tonight. So uh, a lot of people, you know, thinking about how many threes he took at countdown, I, I didn't think that was a big deal then, and it didn't prove to be a big deal tonight. But uh, Flip looked great. Not worried about him at all. Don't have – too much to say on him uh he was flipped he was flipped tonight uh mark mark mitchell and jeremy roach looked awesome same thing on them they looked like what we expect them to be i didn't realize mark and flip had put on that much weight um or kind of had forgotten about it until they said it on the broadcast tonight but the guys do look beefier they look stronger i think that fits with uh the roles they're going to play this year Flip being more at the five and Mark playing at the four, but they both they both looked awesome out there tonight. No question that they've improved. Um, Mark shot a three and made it exactly what we need from him to play lockdown defense and kind of be that you know that roaming defender uh, that can switch and guard anybody. I thought he did a good job of that tonight. Uh, expect good things from him as always. I'm I'm not worried about Mark. Uh, Mark Mitchell, Jeremy Roach, or Kyle Filipowski, in the least sense, thought they played great. Um, and, and just the passing was awesome on this team, too. Some more just kind of overall thoughts. It, it just feels like the chemistry for this team is already just off the charts. It felt like last year, even when the season started, we were still building a lot of chemistry. Like, it, watch how we played against Kansas and watch how we played at the end of the year. It just it was so different. Like, Proctor not getting there until really late in the offseason, I think really hurt last year's team in the beginning of the season because they didn't really gel and they didn't know how to play with each other. This year it already feels like they are ready to hit the ground running. And even with the freshmen, uh, they even said it on the broadcast, it, it feels like McCain and Foster have played together for years now, and, and it looked like that out there at times. Uh, they, these guys are just – everyone looks so unselfish. Uh, they're never afraid to make the extra pass. It, it just it was a thing of beauty to watch the passing out there tonight. I, I think I had almost all positive notes here. Uh, if I had one negative, is that the rebounding didn't jump off the page to me. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'll have to look at the official box score to see what the results were. But didn't feel like we were getting a ton of – Offensive rebounds or second chance points, not that we needed that many because we were shooting the ball so dang well. So maybe that's not a good stat to draw from. But even on the uh, 
you know, the defensive side of things. I think we let up some offensive boards. Uh, but that's something that can improve. And when you're making as many shots as Duke is and when you playing as fast as Duke was, uh, the other team is going to get a lot of possessions and thus more chances to rebound. But that's something that didn't just shock me, like, with how great it was, was the rebounding. Kind of like everything else blew me out of the water with expectations. But uh, But the rebounding was about as good as I expected coming into uh, and that's something that can improve and, and part of that too is Ryan Young not getting a lot of minutes I know he gets a lot of uh, he gets a lot of crud talked about him online even by some Duke fans but uh, the guy is a super efficient super efficient rebounder defensively and offensively and I think he only played nine minutes tonight kind of you know giving the veterans some rest maybe uh, but uh, but yeah that's something that can improve but I'll take a slightly less good rebounding Duke team with everything else that's going right. I think if the guards are playing like this and we're playing this style, I'm fine with accepting a little less rebounding prowess. Uh, but overall, man, this team's style is just so, so different uh, than last year's. Aggressive, fast, they shoot early in the shot clock, aren't afraid to shoot threes, constantly looking for transition baskets uh, with a emphasis on transition three-pointers. I, I thought that was interesting to watch. It's not like a traditional Duke team maybe where in the transition you're looking for the alley-oop or the dunk. A lot of the times we're looking for those guards to leak out beyond the three-point line and get an open three. And let me tell you, this team was super fun to watch tonight, and I think they are going to be fun to watch uh, throughout this whole season. They just are aggressive, aggressive, aggressive offensively and de defensively. But, you know, they're ball hounds, putting pressure on the ball at all points defensively, and, man, offensively, they're looking to run at every opportunity because they know we can bring guys off the bench if guys need rest, and we know we can get as – open threes as we can in transition and and they looked for that heavy and often tonight and it, it's just refreshing to see kind of after the last two duke teams that that didn't really run as much i guess you could say the year two the team two years ago was more willing to run with the guys that could bring the ball up the court like paolo uh, but certainly last year's team was about as slow as duke team as as i've ever seen um but this year's team, it's funny, even though we bring back most of the players from last year's team, this year's team just looks totally different. Fast, aggressive, shooting threes, and, and just, boy, just fun, fun to watch. So that's kind of all my thoughts I have on tonight's exhibition game. Super exciting time to be a Duke fan. Duke basketball is back. Uh, I'll be coming at you very soon with more episodes. The episodes are going to start falling here quick uh, with uh, kind of pregame analysis as well as postgame breakdown. So make sure you're subscribed to Duke Blue Central anywhere you listen to podcasts. Rate the show, share the show if you want to help me out. You can drop me a follow at Duke Blue Central over on Twitter or X. Uh, would love to hear your comments and your support there. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I'll be back at you soon with another episode. Uh, but last and certainly not least, go Blue Devils.